I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. There's a sign in my office put there by my lady wonder witch. It says, the difference between men and boys is the size of their toys. Now, the word boys very conveniently rhymes with the word toys. A coincidence? I think not. <laughs> Even us Louie Louie generation guys, we're still boys, you know, though gotta admit I've been trying to figure out why we're hearing more and more of our favorite classic rock tunes in elevators these days. But why should we care, huh? Big Louie, his own bad self, says, just like in the old days, we should keep enjoying making up our own dance moves, and we ought to try to get as many of the people in the elevator to join us as we're riding up to keep our doctor appointments. Oh, it's a tough life, group, but hang in there. Ever since I was a little kid playing with my toy Derek in the sandbox in my backyard, I always wanted to grow up to be a man of few words and many toys. <laughs> And so it is, I sit here in the middle of the night in the big black leather papa chair in my living room, looking out the front window with great pride at the brand new car in my driveway. It is reflecting a, a graceful gunmetal gray glow in the porch light. An eager steed ready to hurl itself onto the highway with a blur of high G acceleration, leaving long trails of smoking tires and, and fiery exhaust behind. You can almost hear it saying, here I am. Now, what are your other two wishes? Now, some of you know that I fly a small plane. And you've probably figured out for yourself that significant parts of the port of Dubai and the United Arab Emirates have probably been built on the proceeds from the barrels of the 100-octane aviation gas that my little airplane has burned over the years because of my seemingly constant need for speed. So you can imagine the gleam in my eye when I strode into the auto dealership and I told the, the shocked young sales guy, Pay no attention to that device strapped to my ankle. I always drink upstream from the herd. I've worked hard all of my life, saving every nickel I could. And now I have this enormous pile of nickels, which I'm going to spend on that car. And with a flourish, I pointed away from the family-oriented SUVs, away from those dowdy mid-sized sedans, away from the, the leftover last year's models. I pointed at Speedy. The young sales guy was unprepared for a Louis Louis generation guy on fire with toy lust. He said, quote, what's a nickel? <laughs> well, he was very young. I explained that a nickel is cold, hard cash. And a, and a look of cunning came over him. A look that told me he was probably hoping to keep Speedy on the lot so he could use it to impress some bimbet at a singles watering hole this Saturday. 
And I said, ha-ha, no, that's the car I want. And furthermore, there's no use beating a dead horse about spilled milk. I want it now. Today, a hush fell over the sales floor. And a look I've seen before flashed for just a moment across the young salesman's face. The, the kind of look that you've seen on the face of a friend when you've given him one of those radios that play even in the shower. And he realizes that you're hoping that he'll start dancing on a slick, soapy surface with a glass floor. Because this young salesman knew negotiating time was upon him. I think he was about to panic. I think he was about to slap a a post-it note saying out to lunch on his forehead. He knew he was dealing with an experienced car buyer, a guy who knows from accessories like an eight-track tape player, extra chrome hubcaps, giant fins and tinted glass, a guy who knew from experience that when you're negotiating for a puppy, you start by asking for a horse. He was negotiating with... A Louis Louis generation guy. Then he did it. He asked the question that I've been dreading from the very beginning. He said, Will it be straight cash or a trade in? You know, some days you wonder why the frisbee is getting bigger and bigger. And then it hits you. By trade-in, he meant my clunker. My faithful companion for 174,000 miles together. My good old Belchfire V6 with AM, FM, and, and sometimes operational air conditioning. The car my offspring like to call their father's Oldsmobile. A great bolt of really senseless guilt hit me. It was like I was betraying an old friend. I knew no new owner could possibly appreciate the fine points of my good old clunker. You know, how gallant it made a Louis Louis guy look when, when he remembered to open the back door first when you open the front passenger door for a lady because front door is a little out of whack since that incident in the hangar. And what nasty used car buyer could possibly appreciate the graciousness of offering the backseat passengers a blanket during the winter because the heater was no longer used to having to add heat when there were people back there. Now, it was an easy but expensive decision. My clunker was going to have to stay in the family. It was going to have to grace the driveway of one of the summer sons, the one who knows his way around with a socket wrench and, and his local pet boy store. The negotiation itself was... Short and some would say brutal, because I had the young guy right by the you-know-whats. The computer industry has made it possible through the almost magical data processing power of the microchip and the Internet for anybody almost anywhere in the world to see Paris Hilton naked and to run pricing checks on cars like Speedy. And the rest is, as they say, history. And there she sits, my new toy parked in my driveway, gleaming, speedy. Dick's Details, 
a bunch of unimportant but absolutely fascinating facts for you to stick in one ear so you can squeeze the important facts that are keeping you awake out the other and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. 35% of personal ads are placed by people who are already married, at least for the time being. I fly a small airplane, but for long trips, I buy an airline ticket. And the best airline pilot announcement that I have ever heard, and one that I can personally appreciate too, is one that I heard a while ago when the captain's mic was mistakenly piped into the cabin during a landing, and he was saying, Oh, big fella, oh. <laughs> Let me tell you, that, that runway can go by pretty fast sometimes. And I'll bet he didn't appreciate the comment the chief flight attendant made after the landing, she said. Would you please remain seated until Captain Kangaroo bounces us to the terminal? <laughs> Dicks to tails. They take your mind off your mind. There are only about a half million pilots left in America. It's about one in every 600 people. And there's a story about what happened when one of them met a lady horseback rider for lunch a while ago. It's in the Bedtime Stories personal audio CD. It's called Mr. Smalltalk. You married Mr. Smalltalk. A nice, hard-working guy who sprays his car with air freshener and hangs his trousers up carefully before he makes love. His conversations are full of how's the weather, sports scores, kind of stuff that mostly fills empty spaces with sounds. He even asked you to marry him in small talk. He said, we could get married if you like. You were in your late 20s and very tired of the dating game. and You couldn't think of any particular reason to say no, so you said yes. Well, predictably, your marriage is like most of your conversations. Small talk casual. It's not bad, just sort of distant. And that's okay because you like your space and he's even got some money. You're a bright woman. You run your own business and you ride your quarter horse in shows. You love the challenge of both. You set your own schedule so you take time each day for a ride. The exercise feels good and so does the teamwork that you and your horse are teaching each other. After your ride, you usually stop at a neighborhood diner for lunch and a few laughs with the other regulars. One of them is a flight instructor at the small airport down the road. You first noticed him because he was obviously trying not to notice you. He didn't stare. He just couldn't seem to stop his eyes from flicking your way. It surprised you because your everyday riding outfit is a pair of worn, stretchy jeans and an old long-sleeved blue turtleneck sweater under a plaid flannel shirt with a green down vest. You get muddy and sweaty when you ride, and your hair gets scrunched down inside your helmet. It's not exactly sexy. His opening line was, Hi, this place is pretty crowded today. Do you mind if I share your table? He's a very ordinary-looking guy. Average height, worn brown leather jacket, couple of gray streaks and curly brown hair. Ray-Ban sunglasses, t-shirt, jeans, and scuffy sneakers. He said, I noticed that you dressed for horseback riding. I had a horse. Most people don't understand how delicate they are for such big, powerful creatures. 
He spoke quietly and easily about how often horses die from things like a broken heart. He had the kind of deep, gravelly voice that would make you feel safe and comfortable if it were coming out of the PA system in an airliner in bad weather. You began to look forward to your lunchtime conversations. He had the kind of sense of humor that covers a deep, lonely streak, like a wound that is healed but still hurts. He's shy. He only talks about things that are important to him. Small talk is simply not his style. When he talks about the weather, it's with a pilot's respect for the life and death power of nature. But he certainly has a small life. His airplane, his collection of jazz CDs, and now his lunchtime meetings with you. He sees things that are too small for most people to notice, the way sunlight catches bits of dust in the air, the way your eyes change color when you laugh, the secrets the other diners are giving away with small changes in their body language. He's a widower. He's a little down on his luck. Flight instructors don't make very much money. Until last year, he was a co-pilot with an airline that didn't make it. His job crashed the day after his wife was killed in a traffic accident. Then one day he said, I might come out to watch you ride sometime after lunch. And today he did it. Nobody ever came out to watch you ride, even when you went to shows. He just stood outside the barn with his arms folded and... When he caught your eye, he smiled, and you were so surprised, you got off your horse, you ran over to him, and you wrapped both your arms around one of his, and you leaned your head against his shoulder. There was a trace of engine smell in the soft brown leather of his jacket, and more than a trace of surprise in his eyes. His arms automatically made a ring around your shoulders. Without thinking, you laid your cheek against his chest and you slipped your hand under his jacket and shirt and you were rubbing slowly up and down his back. He took a quick, deep breath that sounded like an old wound breaking open. And then without a word, he loosened his arms so you could step back if that's what you wanted to do. But you didn't. Because you couldn't move. The message in his eyes was steady and clear. If you stay where you are, Please, don't ever expect me to be just your friend. No confusion. No protection. No words. You knew you needed to speak. You needed to say no, but you couldn't. There was only the rustle of your breathing and his quiet heartbeat. And then a deep, powerful male sound came up from somewhere unprotected inside him. It wasn't a word, it was just a sound, but it filled all the space between you with a quick, soft shock. And you were suddenly safe, but warm and dangerously naked in his arms. The time for small talk in your life may be past. story of Mr. Smalltalk. It's from the personal audio CD called Bedtime Stories. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.com and download one from the CD Baby icon. Whatever works for you. Oh yeah, 
my brand new toy sitting and gleaming out there in my driveway tonight. Speedy, huh? She is a four-cylinder Hyundai Accent. Under proper conditions, legend has it that she goes from zero to 60 in the same day. And the new car smell inside is a little like a, I imagine, a North Korean hooker's perfume. But according to several friends who have toys just like her, Speedy gets almost 40 miles per gallon on a highway. So if you're listening over there in the land of sand and oil, from now on you can go buy your own toy Derek to play in your backyard sandbox. Because Speedy is my kind of toy from now on. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths, come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.